Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. father would go over and slap him around. And yet, he composed that tender piece of music. And uh, in our hymnal, we have one of the most beautiful hymns written by Ludwig von Beethoven. It was actually, he actually incorporated, it was the first time that the composer incorporated into a symphony, the Ninth Symphony, and the Ode to Joy. <laughs> you know that, you know that, that hymn, right? Well, that was Ludwig von Beethoven. And so today we're looking at a passage of scripture, and I have you turn there to Matthew chapter 15. And 
It has to do with the traditions. And I, I couldn't help but remember uh, saying a fiddle around the root, That'd be a, a great, great, great movie. Um, but the, the message is entitled, How Do Your Traditions Compare with the Word of God? And we have many, many traditions. And one tradition that we have in our country, as we mentioned a little while ago, is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving during the month of November. To give thanks to God for his goodness and his blessing upon our country. But we're also going to look here in the scripture regarding some traditions that were held that became traditions that placed burdens upon people that were really unreasonable. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask his blessing upon his word. Our Father, we thank you that the piano started working. <laughs> and we thank you for Miss Ginger who plays it so beautifully. We thank you for men and women like Beethoven, who you blessed with the ability to write music, to compose, and to play. We thank you for that beautiful gift of music for which we can praise you. We thank you for every voice singing in the choir, every life, as they lift up their voices in praise to you. Father, we don't thank you enough. We praise you because you alone are God, and beside you there is no other, as the scripture teaches. We praise you because you are glorious, majestic, full of splendor and holy, as we sing the hymn of holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. We worship you. And we thank you again, Lord, that we can call you our Father. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of life. And we thank you, Lord, for the way that you have blessed our individual lives and families and our nation. And we pray for people in all countries and from all ethnic backgrounds and cultures and groups. They will come to know the Lord Jesus as Savior. And as these Christmas shoeboxes go throughout the world, we realize that we are not the only church or group, but that thousands upon thousands of churches give <coughs> and make it possible for these boxes to be sent to boys and girls around the globe. We pray for every child that receives one of these boxes. That they will come to know Jesus as Savior and that he will transform their lives and their families and their communities and their countries. But Lord, we also pray for those boys and girls who go without pray that they too will have someone to bring the message of the gospel to them and to their parents, to 
control the very city of the dead country. Lord, we know that the time continues to pass, bringing us closer and closer to your return. So we pray that as a church, we will be engaged in mission, the mission of spreading the gospel, of touching lives, touching lives with the love of Jesus. Now, Lord, as we study your word, we pray, speak to our hearts. Teach us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. For anyone here today who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, we pray today they will give their heart, their life to you. And for those who may be discouraged or struggling, oh, these special holidays are so difficult for so many. Thinking of those who passed on into heaven. We live on without them here. We still struggle, Lord, and we pray that you will touch hearts, strengthen and comfort by your grace and goodwill peace, as only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you please turn to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, and beginning at verse 1. Then the scribes and the Pharisees, who were from Jerusalem, came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father or mother, Whatever profit, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God. Then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Then Peter answered and said to him, Explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, are you, are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? 
For those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. And so we have a, a delegation of religious leaders that, who visit Jesus. They come to, uh, to Jesus from, from Jerusalem. So it's an official group. Because it was uh, customary for the disciples and the Lord to be out in a rural setting. And uh, it wasn't uncommon for them to go through the fields and they would you know, pluck grain and they would just go ahead and eat. And this tradition of the elders that the Pharisees were questioning was this elaborate system, this ritual that they had designed. You know, uh, you've probably seen on TV where, uh, you know, some of the, the uh, those uh, series, medical series, etc., when uh, the doctors are washing their hands, right? They have their, they have their hands up with the water dripping, etc., etc. We have uh, the Jewish people to thank for that. Now, Jesus was not saying that it was a, you know, a bad thing to wash their hands. That's not what he was saying. Or that it was not sanitary. Yes, it is a good thing. But what these religious people had done, if you will, religious leaders, they had developed it into a, a ritual where the hands had to be a certain way and the water was then poured and then they had to be scrubbed and then the hands had to point down and the water had to be poured and then the hands scrubbed and this elaborate and only with certain purified water. And they had made it so that if you didn't wash that way that you were actually sinning. And then some took it so far as before you ate a meal, you would wash your hands. And then during the course of the meal, you would wash your hands. And then after the meal, you would wash them again through this ritual process. And basically what Jesus was saying, all that is unnecessary. It has nothing to do with one's spiritual health or condition. That's all outward. That's all physical. That's all ritual. And it's all empty. If you think that by washing your hands, somehow you're making yourself spiritually clean. And you see in some of the false religions around the world, I believe it's the uh, the Hindus who over in India take cow's milk and wash their statues to clean them as though they're doing some great service. You know what they're doing? They're wasting their time and they're wasting that precious resource of milk. But of course then they worship the cow instead of worshiping the God who created the cow and gave them the cow for food. 
He said, your disciples don't wash their hands when they eat bread. Now notice, Jesus points out a few things. Now he doesn't deny that the uh, disciples aren't keeping that tradition. You notice that? Because he says, why do you also notice he says, yes, they're, they're not keeping that tradition. Basically, what he's saying is, because they don't have to. It is unnecessary. And why not? Because you transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition. Your tradition, you hold it up and break the commandment of God to do so. For God commanded, saying, honor your father and your mother. And of course, it goes on to say, that your life may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth you. Over in Exodus uh, chapter 20, verse 12. And then, and then it's, it's expanded over in the book of Deuteronomy, where the Lord says, uh, Moses is giving the law to the children uh, as, before they go into the promised land. It's the second giving of the law. That's what Deuteronomy uh, refers to. It says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long and that it may, may be well with you in the land which the Lord thy God is giving you. In other words, that you may have a, a peaceful, contented, and even prosperous life. A life filled with, with God's blessing begins by honoring your father and your mother. And that commandment is still in force today. God says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, in some of your, in some of your uh, Bibles, different versions use the word, uh, uses the word Corbin. It means a gift. And basically what these leaders had done is they had developed this system, and it was really... Uh, beneficial to some stingy kids. You see, because the Bible teaches that, that we are to take care of our parents in their old age. God has never set that aside. Never. And I mentioned to you before uh, studying gerontology and uh, I had the wonderful privilege of doing several internships in in convalescent centers and, and uh, rest homes, as they used to call them. You remember that? Rest homes. Where all of these elderly people lived. And rarely anyone ever came to visit. And I'd play my guitar and sing, and we'd sing hymns, and we'd have a little Bible study, and then visit them in, in their rooms. Here in the U.S. and in many countries around the world, it's just so much easier, they say. It's just so much easier. And then step forward a few decades to now we have retirement communities. <laughs> They're pretty nice. <laughs> pretty nice. And yet, there are many people who are still alone. So many who are, who are still alone. And yet, we're never really alone if we know the Lord, of 
person knows it is. But what they had done was they had concocted this, this, uh, this procedure whereby a young man could say, well, this money that I have or these resources that I have are Corbin or a gift dedicated to God. A gift dedicated to God. Therefore, upon my death, this is to be given to God. But while the person was still living, they could benefit from that particular wealth or resource. It just wouldn't go to the parent, even if the parent was deeply, deeply in financial need. Jesus said, that is a sin. It is a sin. Because the commandment says, honor your father and mother. And what did he mean by that? He means you take care of them in their old age. No matter how difficult it is on you, you take care of them. That's the commandment of God, and that is still in force today. But sadly, in our homes and around the country, most people are completely and totally unaware of that, what they just don't care. The Bible teaches now, he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. Notice that? It doesn't mean that you may not disagree. You, know, you might be frustrated or, or disappointed, but there are people who curse their parents and they actually wish that their parents were gone. Or that something terrible would happen. The Bible says that that child or that person is worthy of death. Say that's rather harsh because God takes it seriously. God takes it seriously. Respect for parents, honor, love, care, and concern for one's parents. And you know what else is uh, really interesting? It doesn't say in the commandment, honor your father and your mother if they're good parents. Does it say that? Or if they're perfect parents. Or if they never, dis they, they never disappoint you. Or they, they give you everything you ask for. Right? And you know that just goes on, right? It goes on and on. And you may have had some, some less than perfect parents. Or maybe they were absent parents. And maybe right now you harbor some anger toward your parents or one parent. Maybe on the inside, you have some emotion that is robbing you of the peace that God wants you to know and to experience in your life. And maybe, maybe, some of the trouble that you might experience is directly related to the very fact that you have an unforgiving spirit in your own heart toward your parents, or maybe your grandparents, who is no longer here. Well, right now, I'm going to ask you to pray. To pray. And this is the prayer. 
Father, forgive me. And help me to forgive whoever it is, father, mother, grandmother, grandpa, whatever the case might be. And at the same time, to thank God. Now, if you're sitting there and you say, no way, you don't know, you don't know the kind of person he was. You need to let God to do some work in your heart and in your soul. You expect God to forgive you? Should we not forgive one another, especially our parents? And to love them? <coughs> and the second part of that prayer is to thank God for the parents that he did this. So let's pray right now. Lord, we thank you for our parents. Some who are still alive and some who have long passed and gone from us. Forgive us, Lord, for any ill that we harbor, any ill thoughts. Father, we thank you that you are a loving and Help us to our parents. And help us, O oh Lord, to honor them in the way that we live our lives. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus goes on and he says, You've made the commandments of God of no effect by your tradition. What traditions do you have in your family? You see, these people were religious leaders who said that they knew the word of God. That's why they didn't recognize him, the son of God, the Messiah. They were so full of themselves, they couldn't see God the Son right there in front of them. So full of their own self-righteousness. Notice what Jesus says. He calls them hypocrites. And he says, well did Isaiah prophesy about you. You draw close to me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Tradition. And to be sure, there are some traditions that are very, very good. But Jesus goes on. He doesn't stop there. Notice what he says. So sin begins in the heart. Has nothing to do with whether your hands are dirty or clean. In a physical sense. Sin begins in the heart. It's not that which goes into the mouth. And there's so many, so many Christians who, who point fingers at other Christians because of what they eat or what they drink or what they don't eat or what they don't drink. Or whether they're a whether they're a vegetarian or they're not, etc. It's oh my goodness me. Not what goes into the mouth, but what comes out of the mouth. And Peter says, Lord, did you did you know that the, the Pharisees, they were offended? He called them hypocrites. He said, that's the lovely, kind, 
gracious, compassionate Jesus. We say that so many are under this, this impression that, that Christians should never call out sin. Yes, we're supposed to follow his example. I've even read where some commentators and scholars say, well, you know, Jesus, here in this particular <laughs> situation, <laughs> we, we might do well to be a little softer in our approach. Well, Jesus called it like it is, or as it was there. Jesus says, out of the heart proceeds of the things which defile. You know what they are, don't you? And so, what do we learn? We bring this to a close. God's word is the authority for life and is superior to man-made traditions. God's word is the authority for life. God's word. There is already a time and there is coming. Those laws and, and practices that are inconsistent with God's holy word. And as Christians, we must remember that our citizenship is in heaven. We are citizens of heaven. Yes, we're citizens of the United States of America. But our first allegiance is to God. To God. And we are to stand up for what is right and consistent with God's holy word. It's a sin to violate God's word to observe man-made rules or traditions. That's what Jesus is teaching here. Make no mistake about it. When a law is passed, that says it's okay to do something that the Bible says is wrong, as a Christian, you are to maintain your allegiance and your faithfulness and obedience to God's holy word, even if that means that you go to jail. That's what it means. Sin is a matter, or is a heart matter, and God's word is to be treasured and obeyed in our hearts and out in our everyday lives. The psalmist said, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against the government? No, against you, O Lord. And then, we're to be thankful to God for our parents and to honor them with our lives. He said, but my, my parents died long ago. Yes, but they still live on in your heart. And if they know the Lord, they're still alive in heaven. And that which they've taught you. The way to live your life to bring honor to them. Their legacy lives on in you and as you pass that on to your children. And they then pass it on to their children. Making a positive impact in the lives of other people. To be thankful to God for our parents and to honor them. We wish you a very happy, merry, joyful Thanksgiving. Amen. Eat, eat, and eat. Right? As my dear friend and brother Robert Holmes used to say, but Jesus ate good. <laughs> and so, let's stand, please, and join to sing, I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice. And as the Lord speaks to you, you come forward.
and when we dismiss, I'm going to ask Brother Dano to lead us in prayer. So let's sing, please. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.